Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This episode is brought to you by Homefield. They have a fantastic line of retro Illini gear that you can get by going to homefieldapparel.com. If you are a first-time buyer, type in Illini, guys. That's one word, I-L-L-I-N-I-G-U-Y-S, and you will get a 15% off your first order. And I'm telling you, this is cool stuff. They've got great logos from the past that they've brought back and put on today's super soft cotton. And they are comfortable. They look sharp. And you can get a 15% discount. So please go ahead and look at that. The people at Homefield would love to have you do that. And we would love to support them for supporting our podcast. Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Illini guy, Mike Kegley. And tonight we have a very uh, nice treat for us. Jay Stevens, who is the host of Locked On the Buckeyes. One of the Locked On podcasts that you see out there. It ha- they have Locked On NCAA teams, NBA, Major League Baseball, NBA basketball, they, NFL football. You name it, they've, they've managed to do a podcast on it. And uh, he is here to talk to us a little bit about the Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Fighting Illini Thursday night. Mike, it's fun. I'm glad to be here with you. I love this time of year. I love basketball. Uh, we talk about that off air. And I'm excited for this game coming up between Ohio State and Illinois, two good Big Ten basketball teams, two teams trying to win the regular season title. And it's two guys that have future NBA talent on it. So it we're going to have fun talking about it. I hope fans are ready for a really, 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 really good game on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm as a, as a biased fan, I, I don't want it to be too good because I like to take the stress out of it. But I will tell you, this is, this is quite a rivalry. You know, uh, Illinois leads it 108 to 80. Uh, they're on a two-game winning streak. But as you, as you know, last year, the uh, Illini won – uh, 91 to 88 in in the conference championship game, and that was the highest ranked uh, or highest rated college basketball TV show prior to the NCAA. So that was the biggest the biggest game of the year was these two programs, and with EJ Liddell going up against Kofi, I'm looking forward to a great game, and I think I think you're right. It's gonna be it's gonna be one that goes down to the end. So I'm let's right look, with you. I'm up, yeah. No, no, no. It's no problem. And and let's let's talk though. Um, I am I, EJ Liddell to me is a fantastic player, and he actually makes my top three list because I keep a lot of weird lists, and I have a top three biggest recruiting misses in my history as an Illinois fan. Number one was Ben Wilson, who was unfortunately murdered would have been on that flying Illini team, maybe would have made that one of the top teams in the history of college basketball. Second was Russell Cross, who went to Purdue and missed out playing with Derek Harper and and all those guys in the 80s. And third was how good would we be if EJ Liddell was here right now? What are your guys' thoughts on such a great player, you know, that you've you've had a chance to cover him? It's funny you say that because you say how good this team would be, the Illinois team would be, with E.J. Liddell. You would have Kofi Coburn. You would have Liddell. You would have Trent Frazier. You would have Andre Cabello. Then you a list of other players that are amazing on this team. I know I skipped over Alfonso Plummer, who's a second-leading scorer. So you have so many players, and you add in Liddell into the mix. He could work with any type of offense. 
And I'm sitting here like, yeah, it would be great. But I know Chris Holtman's happy and excited uh, of that. He got this recruiting win where he got the two-time Mr. Illinois Basketball Player of the Year where he's going from Illinois to Columbus, and he has flourished. Watching Liddell grow and watching Liddell be a better player, knowing how intelligent he is to go through the NBA pre-draft process, figure out what he needed to work on, and then for him to come back to school, show that he worked on those things, and then show us an even better player than we thought we would get this year. EJ Liddell is phenomenal. I am not a list type of guy, and I have a hard time with uh, gauging who should win Big Ten Player of the Year or National Player of the Year. I don't, I, that's not my expertise. However, there are those guys that cover the national college basketball landscape and those guys that cover the Big Ten basketball conference. And there's, I've, I've seen Liddell in the National Player of the Year conversation all year. I have seen Liddell in the Big Ten Player of the Year conversation all year. The tough thing about the Big Ten is there's a good chance that the guy who wins the Big Ten Player of the Year has a chance to win the National Player of the Year because this team is littered with great talent. Liddell is just one of many good basketball players in this conference, and he's going to have to be, have to be big against Illinois if Ohio State wants to win this game. Now, is uh, EJ is amazing when you look at his, and especially, you know, he's pushing forty percent from the three this year. I mean, that's just not fair. Um, what What are you looking on on the defensive end? That's where I look at Kofi Coburn. How is Ohio State going to approach defending him? because he is kind of a unique package when it comes to size and strength, et cetera. How do you see them defending uh, the big man on the inside? Probably a mix of three guys, and I don't think Liddell's going to be one of those guys that's going to be in the mix, probably because of size. He is 6'6". I think it's, what, 240? Missed me with the weight. I haven't really checked that one lately. But I don't really think that with Kofi's size and mass and strength and speed that we talked about, you just mentioned – I think that would be a bad matchup for Liddell. Ohio State had foul trouble in their most recent game. Then all of a sudden, if you want to put Liddell on the big man, that's a foul, that's foul trouble waiting to happen. So it's probably going to be more Zed Key will start off on him, a 6'8 big man, if you want to say that, 6'8, 250. Then you yep. have Kyle Young, who comes off the bench, uh, about 6'8, 220. Then you have Joey Brunk, who comes off the bench as well, 6'11, I think 250. That's probably going to be the three combination. I don't know how much of Kyle Young you'll see out there on him uh, because Chris Holman has showed lately, especially against Zach Eady from Purdue, he'll pull Brunk in early against the bigger guys. Brunk is a bench player. He's not going to start, but Brunk is a guy that has some size and also has five fouls. And I think this is a game where Chris Holman might be, might be saying, look, buddy, you got five fouls. Use all of them. Brunk's like, wait, you want me to get foul out? No, yes, absolutely. This might be an old school approach to coaching, but Holman's like, look, you got five fouls. Go ahead and use all of them. Kofi, I think, is what, a 60% free throw shooter? So it's not like you're going to be putting him on the line. He's going to be 75 80% from the charity stripe. No, he's probably going to miss a f- quite a few if you foul him. Foul him, use your fouls, and save the other guys for the rest of the game because you're just one of those utility guys. If we need you, we'll throw you in the mix. Yep, I've, that that is – and I, I think he played – he had some moments last year that I thought he played pretty good defense in there and gave Kofi a little bit of a challenge. So, I mean, it was something that people didn't, didn't necessarily expect. Um, so I see him playing a role in there. The other, the other player I, I really like, and, and I was watching uh, a couple games here in the last week or two with Ohio State, and I had no idea because I hadn't had a chance to watch him since early in the season. But Malachi Branham 
holy cow, has he gotten better over the course of the season? What are you thinking of, of that of that guy? Because man, he he's got. I, I didn't realize how good he was. To be real honest with you. You know, Mike, it's one of those things where it's one of those recruiting wins. Once again, talked about it earlier with Liddell. Now, it's a little bit different with Malachi Branham because he is in state. He went to St. Vincent, St. Mary, the same school that LeBron James went to. So it's right there in that part of the state. So you already have this guy that's going to be – it has a um, had a good program. He has the lineage and he has the path that well, – we went to the same school as LeBron. So it's those connections there. But I don't think anybody expected Malachi Branham to come in and not only early in the season where Chris Holman went to him early in a crucial, he drew up a play where he was the assist man and the play ran through him for a game winning, I think two point bucket by maybe Kyle Younger Liddell. But then you see Branham down this past stretch, he had 27 against Indiana and his utilization of the mid range game is something that I love because I am a pusher of basketball players not going the Steph Curry route because he can do that. Not many people can to go more of the old school route. There's a reason why DeMar DeRozan kills it in the NBA. He utilizes the mid-range game because that's where his bread and butter is. Malachi Brandon, the same way, he his length is one thing that I think aids him as well, especially on the offensive end, because once he gets his jump shot, once he goes up for his jump shot, it's hard to stop it because he's so long and he's lengthy. Brandon is amazing. He is a bright spot when Ohio State needs a bright spot this year. And they're still going to need him tonight. I don't know how Illinois defensively, what guys able to throw at him because he's been very, very good at sometimes picking and choosing his spots. I think he was nine uh, for 13 on Monday against Indiana. And for a freshman, you don't expect those numbers. He might have 27 points, but he might be putting up 20 plus shots, 25 shots to get there. And of course, if that happens in college, your coach is going to sit you down and say, buddy, this is not your time. He is a bright spot, and Ohio State desperately needs more good plays from him throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, and I was actually impressed with the amount of time the, the coaching staff trusted him with the ball yeah. going down the stretch. I mean, yeah. when you give a freshman a ball, the last time we've given a freshman the ball that often was Io, and that turned out pretty good for the Illini. Um, and, and it kind of reminded me a little bit of that. And, in fact, I kind of thought he was – if you compare him at the same time, he's playing better than Jaden Ivey did at the same time. Um, I just saw a draft that said that had him going uh, high in the second round. Now that's right about the same area that IO went this uh, last draft. Is the, is he a guy that would be potentially looking at the draft or is he a guy who's going to be looking to solidify his position next year with another good season? My guess is that he's staying in school. I have heard no rumblings either way, going being a, being a one-and-done guy or staying in school. But my gut tells me there's a good chance that he'll do possibly do the same thing that Liddell did last year based off of Chris Holbrook's guidance, go through the pre-draft process, figure out what he needs to work on. Every NBA scout, and I don't know. This is weird because I, I just believe what I think about the NBA. These guys are going to tell him, young man, you're good. You have a great game. You're building. Get stronger. You're six, seven, you're a freshman, you're 18, 19 years old. Get stronger. I think too many guys, it's, now this is just more of my own little rant. Right. I think too many guys leave school too early, um, one and done, two and done, and realize, oh, the NBA, these are grown men. Like on the on, on TV, they don't look this, they don't look this big, this strong. Now, granted, they don't, I'm on TV. They have the ability to see these guys work out in the college facilities and even go to NBA games and see these guys up close and personal. 
these guys are strong. The average 18, 19-year-old, I don't believe, fully understands how strong the NBA players are. I think Malachi Branham, one reason why he will stay in school, I don't care if the man's averaging – he's averaging, like, low teens right now, I think, in points. Um, but if he's averaging 15, 16, I would still say stay in school because of the strength. You, we have seen from one, one guy at, at Ohio State, Michi Johnson, from last year reclassifying and coming into school early to this year, he grew into his body and the muscles started to fill in. The same thing I think is going to happen with Malachi Branham. I saw the same thing you did. I was kind of shocked. I don't think he's NBA ready right now, pro ready. A lot of second round guys are projects. I still think even though he'll be a project, stay in school. Liddell stayed in school. He'll be a lottery pick in the upcoming draft. Malachi Branham could possibly have that same path next season if he stays in Columbus and works with his crap. Yeah, and and – I'll tell you, you know, the NBA is such an X factor because they draft on potential, not on Mm -hmm. production. And so you just have no idea. A guy, you know, he could go to a workout and somebody could see, you know, what they see in the future for him. And he just goes shooting up the draft charts, you know, or or not. And and it is always interesting to me to kind of look at that. And I remember Harry Carey used to say that potential was a French word that means you haven't done doo-doo yet. And um because he cleaned it up for, you know, the WGN audience. And, and I, I've always kept that in mind because uh, you saw that even back, you know, Illinois had Myers Leonard go uh, in the first round. And, and physically, he was a high potential guy. He really didn't do that much in college. And certainly his 11-year career has proven that it was a good draft pick. But um, it is interesting how they tend to draft. Um, this year, when, when we're looking at the team, how is Coach Holtman done then? He's obviously, you know, uh, you know, been there starting to establish his program. He's had some big recruiting wins when he needs them. Um, about the only thing he hasn't been able to do is get that true five to go next to EJ Liddell. But other than that, it's hard to argue with what he's put together. How's he done this season? He has been dealt a tough deck of cards and his hand that he's been dealt going into the season was tough. We got a Seth Towns, a guy who was supposed to be a big piece off the bench last year, had an injury bug. Um, Justice Suing, I think, may have only played one game this year, supposed to be a starter on this team. So you're losing a rotational piece and a starter going into the season. Chris Holman, with that, what's Ohio State's record right now? They're 17 and 7, 10 and 5. If you were going to tell there were 300 plus Division I coaches, if you're going to tell these coaches that going into the season, you're going to lose one of your starters. You're not going to have one of your starters all season long, and then you're going to lose one of your rotational pieces, and you're going to have 17 wins, 10 and 5, be fourth in your conference, and have a good shot to be a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. They'll say that's a luxury. And I think Chris Holtman has done a phenomenal job in that aspect, adjusting to the injuries that the team has had and adjusting to the progression of Malachi Branham, knowing very early on he could trust him in crunch time, which isn't normal for a guy within the first five games of his collegiate career for his coach to trust him in that way. I do think, though, one thing Chris Holtman has done, and it happened against the Iowa game, sometimes the lineups that go on the court, they just don't make sense. And sometimes, not just the lineups, but the amount of lineups that he utilizes, doesn't they don't make sense. I, I saw a an article after the Iowa game over the weekend and a beat writer said that Ohio state used 20 different lineups in the Iowa game. Iowa only used 12. And I think Chris Holtman is still trying to unfortunately deal with the injury buck because Michi Johnson's had some, had an injury. Jamari Wheeler had turf toe. Um, 
Eugene Brown III, who just started, started like three or four games in a row, he had an injury. So it's not just preseason injuries, it's in-season injuries. But even with all, all of that, 17-7, and seven, you're probably going to have another 21 season. You're 10-5. and five, You're probably, like I said, probably going to be a four or five seed in the NCAA tournament. A good chance you'll be playing in Indianapolis, which is local for you. So your fans only have a three-hour drive from Columbus to Indianapolis to come to where their first and second round games will be. I think it's phenomenal. And I, I think Chris Holtman gets a lot of negative attention, a lot of negative conversations about him. But as I talk it out, I really realize he's done a really good job with this team based off the cards that are right in front of him. You're playing Euchre Spades. Doesn't really matter what game it is. Most people will fold and say, I'm out of this hand. I'm not playing. Chris Holtman's like, look, I can't back, back away. I am the head coach. They're paying me a lot of money. Just got to figure it out. And he's really done a good job of slowly figuring it out. He's not perfect, but we're human. Nobody is. Yeah, and I, I think he could probably co-write a book with Coach Underwood on how to <laughs> yeah. deal with, with games missed because Kofi's got three for, a, to be honest, a ridiculous NCAA suspension that looks even more <laughs> that ridiculous. Was so that was so stupid. Especially now that we've seen that, that Michigan guys can throw punches with some pretty nasty intent and get one game. But Michigan has a whole set of rules. We don't need to talk about that. Um, you know, but he, he missed two for a, a concussion protocol. Corbello's missed, I don't know, roughly 12 games with yeah. concussion protocol. Um, you know, we've had um, various injuries um, to different players. Austin Hutcherson, the 6'7 transfer, we thought was going to be our length out there and our defensive guy has missed the entire season with a, or most of the season with a sports hernia. And then just this evening, we found out that uh, backup center Benjamin Bosman's Verdonk will be out in the concussion protocol after he got hit in the head the other night. And we will also be missing RJ Melendez, mm -hmm. which is the uh, young freshman who's really started to ratchet up his playing time. And unfortunately, appendicitis doesn't give you any timing. You know, you either it either happens or it doesn't. And unfortunately for that young man, that, that happened last night. So that'll probably take him out for, you know, a couple, three weeks, depending on how he, he heals. So these two coaches, if we get them together in a couple beers, they might commiserate on some, some really having to deal with injuries to the nth degree. Because in Illinois, we haven't seen a season like this ever. You know, it's just, it's just a hard one to kind of understand. Um, and, and how is uh, – looking at Zed, I think he's another guy who plays – I mean, you got to give the guy credit. Six foot eight, he plays tough defense. Yeah. How does, how does he get himself in the mindset to play against a guy like Kofi? Uh, it, you know, it, what's the team saying about going up against the Illinois National Player of the Year uh, candidate? And are they, they – they, they have any insight or, you know, you have any ideas on how they're going about that? Zed Key is a player that has just figured out how to get things done. Sometimes some foul trouble will, figure, will, get, get, will get him, but he has figured out just how to get things done. I think one thing that he can do is take some of the good plays that he had against Zach Eady 
um, which were sometimes spotty because he wasn't always guarding Edie. Kyle Young came in. Brunk was on there a lot, especially early when Brunk got some fouls. You just kind of had like, – he's 7'4", 295. Like, humans yeah. aren't built like that. The average human is, what, six – average guy is, what, six foot tall? Um, girls, what, 5'8"? Maybe not 5'8". I don't know. My averages are off for the females, but the average guy is not that tall. And so, all of a sudden, you're seeing all of these things about Zed Key. And I think going into the season – Zed Keith's conditioning was a big thing. And you look at him, you're like, man, he's not chiseled out there. He's probably out of shape. No, he cut 10 pounds. And with that 10 pounds, he probably fluctuates between 245, 250. Against most big men around the country, 245, 250 is going to be good for him. But Delphi's yep. a different animal. And so I do think he's going, his size, his ability to just adjust, and he's learned how to move his feet and really play off of what the person he's guarding is doing and just figure things out. I think Zed Key is going to be very pivotal in this game. And I, I've talked about Kyle Young. I've talked about Joy Brunk. I think Brunk will come in early. But I think if Ohio State really wants to win this game, which I believe they do, Zed Key is going to be big because, one, if you get Kofi in foul trouble, that opens things up on the inside for Liddell, for Branham, for the cutter like Eugene Brown the third. that opens things up, things up for everybody. If Zed Key does not get Kofi in foul trouble, but they're going back and forth, that wears down the energy and drains the energy of Kofi Colburn. And all of a sudden, that still opens up the cutting lane for Brown, the slashing lane for yep. Branham, the ability for Liddell to beat somebody in the post or the mid-range. And so Zed Key is going to be very, very big. I don't know how much Brunk is going to play. I think he's going to be a, it's going to be a great a game for him to play coming off the bench. But I think a lot of this is going to be on Zed Key. He got challenged earlier this year after the Purdue game. Because his production was poor. Now, granted, like sometimes he had some decent plays, but his production was poor. He comes back and has a big game after that. I think instead of challenging him after a poor performance, they're going to challenge him before a big game. And Chris Holman kind of knows how to get to his team. And I think it's one of those games where Zed Key is going to be somebody that regardless of what the numbers will say, I can look at the numbers and tell you what he's doing, regardless of the numbers, he has to be big and he has to stay on the court. If he gets in foul trouble early or even in the second half early, it's not the formula Ohio State wants to win this game. Yeah, and I'll I tell you the other thing that, that I think Illinois has done several times, um, they have had some stellar second half when it halves when it comes to defense. They've literally taken teams, at, you know, held teams to, you know, in the uh, high 20s, low 30s in the second half and have turned a couple games around. Uh, they have had one or two games where, uh, it's particularly Purdue, where Purdue just blew them out in the second half. But that, that hasn't happened on the at home. Yeah. Um, uh, so Illinois fans, we get a little bit, con, you know, complacent because we think, well, hey, if it's a, you know, Illinois is up by three at the half, then and it's a home game. Well, then second half they're going to assert their dominance and take over. Um, how has Ohio State been as in terms – do they have any difference of being a first-half team versus a second-half team? Yeah, they do. It's one of the most frustrating things that's happened over the past few games. And it's one of those things where you look at Ohio State, um, first half against Purdue, Purdue gets up early in the second half, Purdue's up 20, and I'm sitting there after the game like, well, this one's over. It's probably over in the first half, and then um, the game's over. Like I'm sitting there talking to one of my friends, texting one of my friends during the game, and we're both like, Ohio State's not going to win this game. They don't have the guys. Purdue's not the best defensive team, but their length gave Ohio State some fits. Yep. Next thing you know, Ohio State chips away, chips away, chips away, ties the game, and then Jay Nivey hits that shot. And I that, that that moment will stick in my mind forever with that young man, not only because of the play that he made, 
but because of the snap of the net when the ball went through, it was so loud. Everybody in the arena could hear it. Two, not only that second half comeback, but two, a second half collapse against Iowa, where you're sitting here like, does this, team, does, it, does this team care? These are all things that have happened within the past month. It's not like this is a three-month span. It's all within the past month where Ohio State against Purdue comes back. Ohio State against Iowa collapses. Ohio State against Indiana in the second half, another second half collapse, but they have an overtime win, and they don't go into overtime without an E.J. Liddell dunk late in the game. And so this team's confusing. They have the talent. They could easily, easily already be at 20 wins on the season. They're currently at 17. They've had five games that, well, three that were canceled, two that were postponed. One postponed game has already been replayed, rescheduled and replayed. Um, they covered up one of those cancellations. So Ohio State's injuries have been unfortunate. They had a 22-day hi- hiatus. I, I think all those things factor into their ups and downs throughout the season. They could be at 20 wins on the season already. And their team has still had the injury bug happen to them. If they take away the second half collapses, the second half issues, this team could be somebody that's right behind Purdue to be, right right there with Purdue and Wisconsin to be one, two, and three in this conference. That's how good they are. Second half is going to be huge because I don't want to get on Twitter and see everybody complaining about the same thing over and over and over because nobody wants to see the same story with a negative ending at the end of every game. Well, Illini fans do. <laughs> just, to, just to be be real clear, you know we're, we're totally we're totally satisfied with that story. Um, but no, I'm I'm expecting a heck of a game tomorrow night. I I look at uh, Ohio State as one of the tough uh, matchups for Illinois because of the length on the wing. Illinois is incredibly good shooting team, but um, you know six foot one, six foot two, six foot three at the guard. It's it in real life pretty good size. On a basketball court, it, it provides some challenges, especially when you have a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, guy chasing you off the three line. So it, it does provide some challenges. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. What is your prediction for tomorrow night? I got Illinois winning. I, I, my hesitancy with this game, and I'm coming in softer and quieter on purpose, my hesitancy with this game is simple. We don't know what team's going to show up in the second half. I at the end of the game against Indiana, the very next day show, because Locked on Buckeyes is a daily show, I came out and made a comment talking about how this could be the a pivotal moment in Ohio State season to where the second half, second half issues, you fight back and you tie the game, they go into overtime, and their performance in overtime was really something they can build on. That was a momentum-building yep. type of win. I don't know if that's going to be the case with this team. I – no, they're playing a lot of games in the month of February going into March because of the cancellations and postponements that I mentioned earlier. But I also, a person, maybe I'm a little too tough. Like, they're, what, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old? I was talking to somebody at work recently talking about how I wish I had the energy I did at 19 or 20, where I was able to be up all day, not get much sleep, go to work the next day, go to class, be yep. up still some more, um, work, work a lot, and really not have any issues with the working and the sleeping or lack thereof, lack of the sleeping. I get these kids are in college. They're in class. They have Kyle Young, a kid on the basketball team, has a, has a, has a newborn, so he's dealing with that. I understand all of those things. Now, Kyle Young, with being a dad, that's a different story, but the average college, uh, college athlete does not have a kid. So if you have class, if you're playing basketball, if you have class, if you're playing basketball – I get having a lot of games together. It's going to be grueling on your body. It's going to be mentally taxing. I get all those things, but you're young. And so 
I'm a person. I get that you have all this stuff going on, but you came to college to get education and to play basketball. Play basketball is what you're going to do on prime time on national television against Illinois like with all these scouts there. Just play the game. Play hard. Yes, the energy might be low at the beginning. Figure it out. Like I've been saying that term here all, all the, the entire show, but I think the figuring it out with the energy is something that Ohio State did against Indiana, did not do against Iowa, did in the comeback against Purdue. You just got to figure things out. Teams in the NCAA tournament, they don't have excuses. Oh, I played a game late Friday, and then I got to play a game Saturday afternoon at 1. Figure it out. Like the great coaches tell the coach, their players, just figure it out. We're not going to be here to allow all of your excuses. Just figure things out. I don't know if Ohio State can figure things out. Can you use the momentum they had after the Indiana win to beat Illinois on the road? I don't know. So I'm thinking that Illinois will win this game. I'm probably, it's probably I think probably I'm changing my prediction, probably five to eight points in Illinois win. I, I would love to go and I would love to be able to talk about an Ohio State win and talk about what it means to the season and then how the Indiana win might be the turning point in the season for, the, for Ohio State to have a deep tournament run. I just don't think this team is going to dig deep enough all game long, not in portions, but all game long to be able to win this one. Well, I, I'm, I'm all for that prediction. I actually think uh, I, Ohio State scares me. Um, I, I just, like I said, the length on the wing is, is a challenge. Um, I'm thinking Illinois wins it by three to five. Okay. Um, I, I, I think the home, the home court advantage is a big deal. Um, and I also think, you know, Kofi versus, um, you know, the, the Branham and, and Liddell, um, you know, and so much of that goes down to how the referees call the game. So what I'm hoping to see is I, I, I don't, I may be different than you, but I don't turn on my TV to watch guys in black and white stripes blow whistles. Correct. So I am hoping that we get to see EJ Liddell play as many minutes as coach wants him to play the same yes. for Kofi, the same yes. for Branham. I, I like to see it, it determined by the players on the court. Yes. And um, to me, I think Illinois might be able to, to, to get a little bit of a win there, but I think this is going to be one of those instant classics. I think it's going to go right down to the very end. And uh, I really hope that the Ohio state team that I watched in overtime against Indiana I'd prefer that team to stay in Columbus and, and we don't have to worry about that because they did look pretty tough yes. um, at when they vanquished the Hoosiers. And while any Illinois fan enjoys watching the Hoosiers lose, uh, we don't need Ohio State to replicate that here in Champaign. Mike, Mike, a three to five. That's one of those things that's going to be maybe a few. I'm not joking. I'm going to say this yep. a heart attack or uh, somebody <laughs> uh, scratching their head or pulling their hair out. And Chris Holtman's like, man. What happened? We lost another close one. No, I mean, I could see that happening, too. I think the five to eight point thing, I think it's still going to be one of those things where Ohio State has the dogs to win. It's just the dogs don't start. They start falling apart. Eight minutes, seven minutes, six minute mark in the second half to go in the game. And then I think that Illinois pulls away enough at that point. Um, I think a player you didn't ask me this, but I think a player is going to be big for Illinois in this game is going to be Trent Frazier. If Trent, if Trent Frazier is solid, and I mean really, really solid in this game, he's going to give Ohio State fits offensively and defensively. So that's a guy on the Illinois team bigger than Kofi Coburn to me. 
I think it's Trent Frazier because he is a big piece to Ohio State being able to win this game. If Ohio State does not combat everything Frazier throws at Ohio State, to me, it's game over. Like, to me, he is the deciding factor. As much as I love Andre Cabello, as much as I love Kofi Coburn, as much as a piece of this team that Alfonso Plummer is, I think Trent Frazier is that guy. He is the X factor in this game. You slow him down. You control him. Ohio State will win. I don't think they can do it. Yeah, and, and Fraser certainly is uh, obviously uh, a heck of a scorer for the Illini, where we find him to be even more than his 12 points a game is defensively. Yeah. He can yeah. shut down guys um, pretty much from six foot six to, you know, so, you know 5'11", whatever the, whatever the small guards are. Um, he's, he has been the defensive stopper. Um, and, and certainly we're going to need him. Uh, DeMonte Williams is going to have a mm-hmm. lot of work to do, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, again, against these, these wings and, um, Jacob Grandison, if he plays like he did against Michigan state, uh, Illinois is a whole different type of team Yeah, because, you know, when you get a guy going six for 10 from the three, um, you know, that, that's, that's what you need to, to, to spread the, the, the court. And then if somebody's got to guard Kofi one-on-one or it's going to the court spread where it takes them a second and a half to get to Kofi, that's too long. <laughs> it just doesn't, it just doesn't work then. Um, and, and Kofi has gotten in fairness to him, he's gotten much better at that pass out of the center, mm-hmm. you know, out of the post, which he didn't do much last year. He's now doing that this year and that's become a part of his game. And the nights that the Illini hit from the three, he's got an opportunity to pull in two to three assists. The one thing that, that, that Kofi probably gets, quote, hurt by, and I'm using air quotes, is this team is a relatively selfless team. And there are many times that he hits a guy who's open at the three-point line. They'll see a teammate, you know, one more ball reversal that's even more open, and they'll make the extra pass. Kind of takes Kofi out of the assist opportunity. And it takes an NBA scout or somebody to look at that and kind of see the whole play to really know what's going on. Um, but certainly if Illinois has the in and the out going, if they're, if they're hitting the threes at that 40% clip, um, that's going to, they're, they're trouble for anybody in the country. Uh, that has not been, they haven't been as consistent on that since the COVID, they had their little COVID break. Mm-hmm. Um, and Coach Underwood has really challenged them on that you know, to, to hit those things, as he said, um, in a, in his, uh, presser, you know, I can't shoot for him. Uh, unfortunately nobody remembers that because he brought up pizza hut and then the whole, <laughs> the whole thing went into pizza hut and the, the, the parking lot and rock fights and, and everything else. So, but, but he did talk about that, you know, at some point he goes, the players have to hit the shots and I can't do it for him. And certainly, uh, he, you know, there was a computer, uh, one of the stats companies came out with a, a, a thing that said Illinois shooting the exact same shots that they did against Rutgers would win that game 92.5% of the time. Unfortunately, they went 0 for 13, and, you know, as they started the game on three pointers. And it's really hard to win the game when you're, when you can't hit the broad side of a barn. Yeah. Yeah. It so is. yeah, there's the, the, the ups and downs of coaching college kids. So, hey, before we close here, why don't you give us an advertisement for your podcast and what you're doing so that people who might have uh, enjoyed this might be able to uh, find you and uh, enjoy more of your stuff? 
Mike, this has been a lot of fun talking about some basketball. I told you all fair, I'm an Indiana kid. So I do love the Indiana basketball. I love basketball. So anytime I can, I can talk Ohio State, doesn't really matter basketball. I am, I am excited. You guys can always follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. That is Stevens with a PH. I'm a pretty try to be pretty active, as active as I can with my busy schedule on Twitter, um, responding to um, things you say to me. If you hop my mentions, I'll probably say something back to you. Just have a little fun, a little sports talk on a random Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, you could send me an email if you want to, personal email. I don't care. jstevens317 at gmail.com. The Locked on Buckeyes podcast is a daily podcast every Monday through Friday. On Wednesday's show, we talked about expectations for Ryan Day coming up in the upcoming season. We're going to have part two to that conversation uh, coming up on Friday. And right smack dab in, in, in that, we're talking about this game, the Ohio State-Illinois basketball game. So be sure to follow me on Twitter. Send me an email if you have a question. And then uh, check out the, the Locked on Buckeyes podcast. It's a daily podcast, a part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Perfect. Thank you very much, sir. It was great to have you on and uh, good luck to your Buckeyes tomorrow night. Thanks, Mike. I enjoyed it. So remember a big thank you out to Homefield. They are the sponsor of tonight's program. And of course you can go to homefieldapparel.com. Look for the Illinois collection. When you go to purchase Illini guys is the code that will get you a 15% off on your first order. And trust me, if you want, if you want stuff that looks good, if you want stuff that's comfortable, this is where you'd like to buy it from. We also have IlliniGuys.com. Please go there and subscribe. $99 a year. You get all the information you could want. And you got to go back to the message boards, the forums area. And that's where you'll hear all about some of the latest recruitments, including the ones that the Illini win and the ones that the Illini lose. You'll hear about it either way and get in all the details. The other thing we have is, of course, we have other podcasts in our group. We have Sturdy for 30. That's Brad Sturdy's award-winning podcast. It is definitely one that you want to listen to. Brad's got 20 years of experience. He's connected to people across the country. If there's a good guest that you can listen to, whether it's Illini-related or Illini-opponent related to, odds are he's had him on his show. Tune into that. You can also get Ked's Recruiting Roundup. Ked will talk to athletes, their families, and their coaches who are being recruited. So it takes you and flips you on the other side of the table. Really, he's the only guy who does that. So please follow that one. Of course, this is an eye on the Illini. And then the final thing is we do have the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. That is our program. It's a two-hour radio extravaganza on 25 stations. It's on Fridays or Saturdays, depending on your local station. If you go to IlliniGuys.com, you click on the radio button, you can find the city that you're in, and you can find what time and what day they have us on. Please, if you like that show, listen to it and go ahead and call up the radio station and tell them, hey, I listen, I like it. And when the show has finally been played by everybody um, at noon on Saturday. It does release on a podcast form. You can just look for Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, and you can get that podcast there as well. We love having new listeners. We love five-star reviews. Thank you very much, and go Illini.